Hey guys, um, welcome back to uh, our podcast on vision, technology, innovation, and money. Today, we're going to interview and get welcome with Brian, uh, that is coming from uh, John Hopkins Hospital. He's going to introduce himself regarding medical devices, startup, how a startup is being raised and born in, uh, in the medical device, and what is the challenges uh, that he's facing, how he's raised funds, uh, some business insights, and we're going to talk 15, 18 minutes just for you. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? Hey, good to be here, Ronan. Thank you for having me. Good. So, Brian, uh, can you introduce yourself for the audience? Absolutely. My name is Brian Mariscalci, and I am a, a physician, an anesthesiologist and pain medicine physician and critical care intensivist at the Johns Hopkins Hospital. I have um, been practicing uh, for about uh, four years in uh, clinical practice as an anesthesiologist and pain medicine physician. And uh, so currently, uh, I work about a day per week because I'm funded um, through grants to pursue both companies that we'll be talking about today. And I'm very excited to kind of dive into um, the you know, mission, vision, purpose, and uh, everything in between for, for both companies. Good. So let's start with the first company. Can you describe what is the company? What is the purpose uh, of yeah. the company is what's coming to solve? Yeah, so I first uh, started a medical device company called Numico uh, after witnessing a injury to uh, a child while they were being ventilated. And uh, many uh, points in care, uh, patients are ventilated manually, so not automated or, or anything like that. And if you kind of are presented with a baby who's maybe, you know, a few pounds at most, and you have a bag, a football-shaped bag to squeeze it, that has no monitors, either analog or digital, you're tasked with squeezing it at a regular rate with a certain pressure, with a certain volume. And if you do it incorrectly, this causes uh, life-threatening injury. And that uh, resulted in a death. And I, I, I've seen many patients be harmed over the years and I had to do something about it. So created a digital monitor that's placed in line for breathing circuits that measures just one thing, the, the quality of breathing. And you, know, you kind of just have a mission and vision behind this and it's, it's simple. A lot of what we do in medicine is guesswork. And not only is it just guessing, but there's no data and it's certainly not recorded and trended. And furthermore, it's not learned from. So there's great opportunity for these data streams. And uh, subsequently, uh, you know, this is kind of the, the, the uh, idea behind my work for both the companies and research. Uh, so let's we, let we get to the state. Okay, so it doesn't matter here, but, but let's get to the state. So you are collecting some information regarding the gas stream, etc., and uh, sorting the, the data, save the data, and, and what next? What Which kind of elements you are using or module? I'm not talking about patent, etc., that maybe you have. Okay. I'm talking about generally, generally speaking, which kind of information you can get from this data that uh, in the past we didn't have it. Absolutely, it's actually just all of the breathing data, you know, you think pressure, volume, rate, et cetera, uh, it's just not even collected. It wasn't measured, it wasn't monitored, it wasn't reported, it wasn't learned from or anything. And that's, uh, you know, kind of shocking. Um, and again, uh, it's kind of like if you were to, a lot of things in medicine and 
this is just one example breathing. We'll, we'll talk about the next one uh, with the other company. But in short, it's almost like if you were to buy a stock on the stock market, but you had no information of the price, the technicals, the trends, past information or anything, you just kind of, yeah, I want to buy a stock based on the name. That's how a lot of medicine is. You're buying it. You're, you're, making, you're making large decisions with, with no information. Um, and, and that's what uh, my, my mission was uh, behind what I do in healthcare uh, is primarily taking out the guesswork and um, providing those insights to clinicians at the point of care to make better decisions and have the tools and technologies in place to make those decisions uh, when and where needed, learn from them and make them better. Where this product is now in the line, you know, if it's it's an alpha stage, beta stage, mm-hmm. uh, up and running, yeah. POC, where is it now located in, 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 this, uh, in, this, uh, in this time? Uh, currently in the FDA regulatory stage, um, this was you know, all things breathing were greatly catalyzed during COVID, uh, where it became national news topics that, huh, ventilators could be dangerous. Ventilation could be dangerous. Okay. Being on a ventilator too long could cause injury. And uh, it was greatly catalyzed by that. And in the United States, we also have something called an emergency use authorization, um, which uh, also kind of enhanced our uh, regulatory pathway because we're able to take advantage of that acknowledgement of the danger of of ventilation and the call for solutions and then the expedited regulatory pathways thereof. Um, So, uh, you know, very exciting times uh, for being able to have uh, uh, the general population understand the the basic need behind breathing and ventilation where I think pre-COVID, I just don't think it was there. Understood. But but you mentioned a good point that the audience or listener may may ask themselves, because most of them are unique, uh, unique, you know, startup. uh, We are a startup nation by the end of the day. And they'll start their own startup, you know, fintech, e-commerce. We all know about that. And there is the regular, the GDPR and some regulation, etc. But mm-hmm. in the medical devices, in the medical uh, wellness, etc., um, as you mentioned, there is the FDA and some authorities that we need to pass through. How, mm-hmm. how you can explain to them what to do in order to explain it back to their investors? Hey guys, we are jumping to the pool of medicine, m- medical devices and medicine Yeah. So how do you explain to them, uh, uh, or given the explanation, that they can go back to their investors, their angels, and say, hey, we jump to the pool of medicine, and we know that there is a track that we need to pass. And this track is taking more time than the e-commerce, fintech, agrotech, et cetera, et cetera. Because you are in the same way. Give us some some insights. Enlight us uh, yeah. with those uh, tips. Uh, absolutely. So I think that's a, a very poignant question: is how do you translate complex healthcare into simple, plain, clear English that others understand, and translate, you know, a a vision also that is is challenging? You're, you're correct. So what does medical device kind of have as as barriers to entry before you start making money as a company? 
First thing is patenting and intellectual property uh, protection that can take many years for worldwide patents. Uh, secondarily, you have FDA regulatory processes, and you have um, possibly the need for clinical studies. Um, that is also, you know, taking a, you know, uh, uh, just the manufacturing and the development and the prototyping out of the equation. When you add that in, you know, this is a, a many-year vision, and uh, subsequently. Through that process, you have to very simply and clearly and just no jargon acronyms explain what you're doing, why, mission, vision, purpose, how do you differ from others, and then make sure that uh, you, know, you, you have your, your partners, including investors, understand that um, the uh, you know, kind of vision here is uh, many, uh, you know, many years, but you have many barriers and as you knock them down, it increases the valuation of the company. So that the second you get the patent, the second you have you know clearance from a regulatory perspective. But another very unique thing is a lot of uh, healthcare companies and, and mine included uh, take advantage of, um, for lack of a better term, shortcuts. And it's entering clinical market in things like uh, the simulation space. So you, if you put it on a mannequin or for training, you suddenly don't need clearance for inhuman use. And that's a pathway that's been taken in the past with other companies. Uh, other companies have even uh, tried to look for alternative shortcuts for using um, the, the device in like the consumer space and, and not exactly a healthcare uh, setting. And uh, there's even the veterinarian market as well uh, to uh, there, there's things that we use in the hospital every day, such as high flow nasal cannula that first started uh, on racehorses. And these were pathways that uh, got products into market quicker and uh, were able to uh, get clinically validated and show investors in the world the, the utility and value proposition very quickly uh, with limited barriers to entry. And, and that's another thing that, that is unique that you can do as well. Okay, good. I, I like the, the, this, this answer, but, but let, me, let me take it to another angle. What you saying, uh, what I'm saying all the time here in Israel, that in order to have a startup, you need to have a triangle that uh, is built with three points. One is the team itself, you know, yep. the, the investors, etc., and all these uh, the CEO, the CTO, the, the R&D team, and all the, all the human resource. The third point, it's, sorry, the, the second point is the technology. You know mm -hmm. that it, with with innovation technology, with the IP, and and move forward maybe for patents and, and 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 to get to get it uh, up and running. And the third one uh, is the market itself. Yeah. So and once you have those three points, you have a you have a triangle that is balanced uh, in between. How you see it from your perspective? as uh, from the medical devices, from the healthcare, et cetera, those three points is, are those three points are valued or are important, or maybe there is another point that mm -hmm. is very, it's just pinpoint for the medical, for the medicine, uh, that, that is not relevant for the e-commerce, the FinTech, Agotech, mm -hmm. uh, et cetera. Yeah, you know, I think you're, you're right. Everything has to be in lockstep. You have to be in the right place at the right time uh, with the product. And you have to have, you know, an intellectual property protection. That's a dominant intellectual property position in the, in the space. Uh, you have to have understanding of the need and the value proposition from your end customers. 
uh, and you have to have the team who has a proven track record to do it. And if you don't have those things, um, it's nearly impossible. But the importance of each is, uh, you know, kind of paramount, especially in the medical device space versus, like you were saying, others, other uh, kind of uh, verticals or, or spaces, uh, and as well as perhaps for digital health products, because the intellectual property position, this is one of them where uh, in medical device, it's so important. Whereas, for example, in digital health, things may not be patentable or patented, and you're instead uh, trying to capture market share, and that um, you also might have trade secrets, data, or algorithms trained on data that are proprietary that may or may not be patented or just might be trade secrets. Uh, in medical device, you have to have not only patents, but you have to have the dominant intellectual property position that prevents anyone else from doing what you're doing. Uh, you don't want to license, you do not want to get into any sort of intellectual property discussions or um, having to claim that what you have is uh, you know, different from someone else's patent that can uh, you know, just not, not, not a path that would be uh, viable for early stage companies to defend. And, you know, then you kind of mentioned the team. I think that's kind of very similar going to be, you know, irregardless of your, your uh, you know, vertical or, or whether your digital health or, or uh, you know, a, a physical product, you're going to have to have the management team that's able to take that forward and is able to have multiple different, uh, you know, expertise that they bring to the table to do so with a track record to do so um, that, um, uh, uh, you know, will make this this vision possible to, to see through. And then, you know, your, your, your other point is, you know, the need, and that's going to be irregardless if the end user uh, doesn't understand why they want this or why they would need it. Um, education is, is too expensive. It's really hard to re-educate uh, about needs and value proposition. They have to be asking for it and have to be like beating down your door to get it. Um, and your value proposition has to just be immediately apparent and has to be, like I said, for, uh, you know, whether it's breathing or chronic pain, these have to be national news titles where people understand uh, the topic and your solution uh, without you having to re-educate on the basics of, of this. And if you're in that, if you're trying to re-educate, you're, you're in the research and R&D stage where you're trying to provide the research and evidence that what you're doing makes a difference. Um, and that's really challenging. You don't necessarily want to be in, in some of these positions where you either have to re-educate populations or, you know, things like that. Yeah, you just map all the SWOT that uh, that a, a company a startup company need to take into account before mm -hmm. the jumping to to this uh, to this uh, uh, market for, from your perspective and from your position um do you uh, does john hopkins uh, hospital is looking for startup companies uh, worldwide that can be uh, you know on the wellness on the healthcare uh, on the medical uh, devices, it's open or it's something you know. It, it's 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 a closed club that you need to find who going to give you the first uh, link, the, the 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 you know the ladder in order to climb up. What oh sure. Your, uh, well yeah. Uh, you know, although uh, uh, you know, kind of wanted to explain the ecosystem at, at uh, my university and many academic systems, they usually have something called a tech transfer office uh, that the employees of the uh, organization will go to to patent their products and then or license uh, either back into a startup or a company. And subsequently, they usually have a startup space where uh, you think maybe an 
incubator accelerator where uh, people uh, will you know have their companies and that can often be open not only to internal people of the organization but also external people to the organization um, and that's the ecosystem that's usually created around uh, academic centers uh, primarily relying on the patenting and then the early incubation and then there are some additional support with with legal uh, as well as um, uh, for early stage companies they will uh, provide grant and grant writing or grant writing support uh, as much of the early funding, especially for medical device comes from uh, grant committees who will de-risk early stage endeavors where it's pre-product, pre-revenue, and you're you know, perhaps in just the R&D stage. Uh, things like in, in the United States, we have the National Science Foundation, National Institute of Health, um, and then uh, academic centers, incubators, accelerators, uh, the Department of Defense, DARPA will we'll all have grant mechanisms that will, they, they are fantastic for starting companies. They do not take any money. No, no, no equity in your company. All they do is they just, they give you a grant. You do not have to pay it back and you build your company and it's all for it. They want to take on the risk so that you're able to put a product in a company out there. Oh, nice. Without any equity and without any, give, give back the, the grant. Uh, uh, nice. It's a good program. Okay. What more do you want to show with us this evening? Uh, any any other tip, you know, last tip that you can say, hey guys, when you start, build a plan, you know, I, I know how to build my plan in the fintech, in the industry, time coming, in the spaces, the time coming from, from the medical, uh, which kind of, uh, and from your history, which kind of uh, tips or object or obstacles uh, you yeah. think that they need to... Uh, stop look uh, and analyze yeah I, I think there there might be you know a few the the first uh point i think is whoever is on this team has to have like ultimate perseverance uh it's knows by everybody for many years trying multiple times who might not understand um until you actually are successful and this is in marketing and advertising. They say you have to repeat yourself like 16 times before the other person even understands your, your first basic premises. And this is why we hear ads on TV and radio and the internet so frequently, because it takes so many times for, for someone to understand what you're saying. And that's really important to, to know. I think just uh, uh, having extreme resilience throughout the process and you have to be very driven. It's just something that you would, you know, uh, you, you give up everything to do or, or else it, it's not, it's not something that's going to work out for you. Uh, cause, cause it's too easy to, uh, you know, give up, uh, if you're not resilient, uh, in the process, I think the other you know, thing is, you know, I kind of, uh, just want to kind of say it, that there is this dichotomy between the digital health companies and the medical device companies where the digital health companies are substantially easier to build a product and to generate revenue and to get uh, investment very quickly and, and easily due to um, how fast and cheap digital platforms can scale. And also the uh, way that you can go about it where there aren't, uh, there isn't as much regulatory burden and just the support that there is out there 
for software development from large companies uh, like Amazon Web Services uh, that they provide uh, everything from startup credits to uh, you know, direct support for, for early stage companies and even through grant mechanisms. So that's start in starch, uh, staunch con uh, contrast to medical device companies where you have to uh, build it, go through regulatory, manufacture it, get it out in the market uh, before you can, you know, often start making money unless you're able to find an alternative path to the market. But uh, it, it's, it's more challenging and investors do realize you know, the value of patents, intellectual property, uh, uh, you know, having an intellectual property dominant position in the market and uh, what goes into it. And as you knock down those hurdles, uh, the valuation you know, does, does increase, um, but, but there is a, a large dichotomy between the two. Um, and certainly the, the last thing in just healthcare in general is very challenging. Things that you would think would be intuitive when you actually release it, it can have the opposite effect. Uh, it's what medicine is too challenging and complex at the moment for you to just a priori think about something and create it. It relies on research data. It's counterintuitive. It's non-obvious to somebody from the outside. And uh, people who think that they just know a priori and go in, I'm just going to solve this problem, are the ones who have to run away with their towel between their legs and foul um, because the, the problems are, are immense, complex, counterintuitive, uh, and it, it requires um, many, many uh, years of kind of R&D research and product development to, to actually see through those those complex problems. Wow, wow, wow. Very interesting. Right. The, the last question, and uh, this is a surprise question that, that I'm doing with every guest that we have in the podcast. Uh, I'm asking a question. Hey, Brian, what do, uh, what do you want about, that you want to share with us nobody knows about you even uh, uh, if you check in the linkedin you know some hobbies etc uh, you know because by the end of the day we're all human beings <laughs> oh yeah sure uh you know certainly hobbies uh the painting behind me i actually painted so i can oil paint uh which is one thing you may not know about me i also um, love music yeah. and uh, play guitar and uh if my uh, wife wasn't upstairs uh doing her own uh uh, uh video meeting at the same time i'd be in my studio you would have seen all of that um i think that uh you know what is on your linkedin is your, your accomplishments but you know what's not shown is uh, the path that you took the perseverance, the resilience to get there. You only see the successes and not the failures or the challenges in between. And um, you also don't necessarily see the passion either um, that someone has of, of why they wake up and they do what they they do, uh, whether that's you know in patient care or if that's for uh, you know their their entrepreneurial efforts or their research efforts. You know, there's often a reason behind it where either somebody uh, you know uh, you know either something happened to them personally, they had a health issue and they want to solve it, or it happened to a family member, 
or uh, you know there was this research or there was some sort of drive that came innately to them uh, and that's often not obvious you know i talked about it in the beginning of you know i see patient harm directly and i have to solve i have to do something about it and that's what that's what drives me uh with the companies um to to fix these large complex issues because uh, i can't stand by and just watch it and you're it's interesting because you're able to then help uh you know with, with uh, being a physician you get to treat one person who's right in front of you and that's it at a time uh with with uh, you know entrepreneurial efforts and the companies you're able to reach uh millions and it's it's very interesting and uh that's kind of where i see myself sitting uh being able to to help many people not just one person at a time Great. So, Brian, um, thank you very much. You been. It was pleasure to be with you in this uh, podcast. Uh, it was fantastic from my my point of view, and I'm sure that you provide a lot of insights regarding the business, uh, regarding the space that you are in, uh, for uh, all our audience. And thank you for the time. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>